<clears throat> okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed as usual and join me in the third step prayer. We're going to do the prayer a little slower than usual or usual for here. Uh, we do it one breath at a time. And in between each line of the prayer, we take a few breaths and try to do what it's asking us to do or not do what it's asking us to not do. So the first line of the prayer is the word God. I breathe in the word God. And I take a few breaths and I continue calling to this thing we call God, higher power, infinite intelligence. I just take a few breaths and I continue calling to it like I would call to a friend. And when I'm ready, I breathe out. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths and I look at my commitment again today, right now. How committed am I to offering myself to my higher power right now? I breathe in the next line to build with me and to do with me as thou will and I take a few breaths and I try to see if I don't get a sense or a feeling or a knowing of what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today out, relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths and I try to experience the quiet that could be present if I had no bondage of self, no self-talking mind, no old ideas, no opinions. And I breathe in, that I may better do thy will. And I take a few breaths and I contemplate, how much better could I do God's will if I had a quiet mind right now?
and I breathe out, take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths and I think about my day today so far. And I try to identify my difficulties. What got in the way of me being the person that I think my higher power would have me be today? And I breathe in that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths. And I think about the rest of my day today and the people I might come in contact with and how I might affect them if I truly was an example of God's power and God's love and God's way of life. And I breathe out, may I do thy will always. smile and I picture myself doing God's will right here right now always and whenever you're ready gently open your eyes Allow yourself to become aware of the seeing that's happening now that your eyes are open. Try not to be conscious of what you're seeing. Try to be conscious that you are seeing, that seeing is happening. What I do is I just tell my higher power what I am seeing rather than talking to myself about it. Oh, I see some roses. God, I see a necklace, I see a green wall, I see a fan. Hmm. Okay, so I'm Randy, <clears throat> I'm alcoholic. I'm allergic to alcohol. I can never ever drink alcohol successfully again, one day at a time forever right now. Not because alcohol is good or bad, but because I am allergic to it. And because of my allergy, I cannot drink it. Uh, that's not why I'm here today though. I'm here because I have a disease called alcoholism. That's what they call it. But what it is, is it's a disease that centers in my mind. It's a disease that talks to me in my own voice. And it's a disease that manifests in my mind as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. 
And because I have that mind, that mind keeps me in emotional pain. Because it's constantly finding fault. It's constantly unsatisfied. It's constantly in a hurry. And when I get in enough emotional pain, I have to treat that disease. The disease will be treated. I've been talking a little bit lately about relapse, and I don't believe there is a relapse. I don't think we relapse. I think that we kill the pain of alcoholism, and it will be killed, either with 12 steps as a way of life and a relationship with a higher power that comes out of the application of those 12 steps, or it's going to be treated with food, with drugs, with alcohol, with sex, with shopping, it's going to be treated because the disease is way too painful to live with. That's why I drank alcohol. That's why I became allergic to alcohol because alcohol worked perfectly for a very long time to heal the pain of my self-talking, unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind. And I have to see that. Because putting down the alcohol is amazing because I'm allergic to it and if I drink it, it could kill me. But putting down the alcohol does not treat alcoholism. Not one bit. Not one bit. I can't have the recovery if I'm drinking. So I guess in that way, it can hamper my recovery. But it doesn't... It, not drinking does not help me not be in alcoholism. So that's a little tricky because I'm not saying I can drink. I can never ever drink again because I became allergic to it. So don't hear me saying you can drink because I can't drink. But not drinking today is not going to heal my alcoholism. It's not going to help me it's not going to restore me to sanity. The second step doesn't say, now that I've stopped drinking, I will be restored to sanity. It does not say that. It says I'm going to come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I'm not going to come to believe that if I'm still drinking. <laughs> but not drinking isn't going to help me come to believe that. Either. It does not happen by accident. It doesn't happen in time. It doesn't even happen because I went to a meeting or I worked 12 steps because I've worked them and I've been to hundreds of meetings. When I woke up this morning, my mind was disturbed. And when I drove to the doctor today, I was restless, irritable and in a hurry. And the people in my way were problematic, and I called a few of them names. Today! When I sat down to meditate, my mind wanted to talk to me about something over and over and over again during the entire meditation. Today! And it was very challenging to breathe and count. And, and it doesn't matter. All that matters was that I was able to see that my self-talking mind is energized and that I'm using that as the power for my life to try to restore me to sanity. 
See, me trying to work out the thing that's bothering me, I'm using alcoholism to try and solve the problem that alcoholism is creating. And there's absolutely no way to get out of that never-ending repeating loop of the alcoholism telling me something's wrong and then me trying to fix it using alcoholism by coming up with a new good idea that's going to help me solve that problem. But, so, A, I'm alcoholic and I cannot manage my thought life. B, probably no human power can relieve my alcoholism. You're a human power and I'm a human power. And neither one of us can remove my alcoholism. And C, God could and would if it were sought. When am I going to start sodding? When am I going to do it? The only moment I can do it is right now, and you're reminding me to do it. The meditation showed me what I'm up against. It wasn't quiet. It wasn't, it wasn't fantastic. It was a little bit excruciatingly painful to keep having the same thought pop up over and over and over again. But now that I've seen it, and now that I've seen that, I'm, that alcoholism is trying to manage my thought life, now I can start to turn. Now I can say, power, I'm a complete defeat at figuring this out. I'm a complete defeat at restoring myself to sanity. I'm a complete defeat at being okay right now, no matter what. And I'm going to need some help. And I'm going to need it right now. Could you help me with my mind? Could you relieve me of the bondage of self? Could you help me to be more present right here, right now? And that would be an application of step one and step two in this moment. To treat the disease, not to treat alcohol. I don't want to drink yet. But I guarantee you this, if I was to mull this problem over and over and over and over and over, I would get to a place where I would either want to drink or kill myself. The good news is, is that I can turn right now and I can start rightly relating myself to my higher power and I can start that relationship. It, but it doesn't start in praying. It starts in admitting complete defeat. I always want to just start talking to God, but, but that talking to God, if it doesn't come from step one of complete defeat, it comes from, I'm going to talk to you, God, and you're going to show me how to fix this thing that's bothering me right now. And if I talk to you long enough and you don't fix it, I'm going to stop believing in you. And I'm going to start blaming you. And that's what happens. I don't know that I'm doing that, but that's what happens. So it starts back in, okay, okay. Maybe I don't know what's right or wrong for my life. Maybe I don't know. 
Maybe this is exactly the right thing that's supposed to be happening right now. By the way, it's nothing big. It's, it's a tiny little thing. It's so tiny that if I, if I was to talk about it out loud, you would think I'm insane. Well, I, I, I am insane. I, I have an unsound mind. I have an unsound mind. And that's why I have to start coming to believe right now that there's a power and that that power is greater than me and that that's the power that I have to go to or get to go to to be restored to sanity. That's the, that is the truth of the matter. I am... Uh, there's something wrong with me. I'm mentally ill. I have a warped mind that will not get fixed. It does not get fixed in time. What gets fixed is the time that it takes me to recognize that I'm in alcoholism and turn my attention to a higher power. That's what gets better in time. The, what if it gets better? It gets, it, it gets shorter. My tolerance for the pain of alcoholism is smaller. And I turn faster. And that's all. But if this meeting wasn't here this morning, I would not be turning yet. <laughs> this meeting is a reminder and a, and a space to stop and check in and say, oh... Oh, that's what's going on. That's why I'm so angry. That's why I'm yelling at people in front of me. That's why I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. And it's not the thing that, I, that, that my mind is talking to me about that I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. It's that I'm energizing that mind. It could be anything that it comes up with. Today, it's the thing du jour. But it's not a thing, it's anything, and it's always anything. And that's why my inner thought life is unmanageable. That's why it says, I'm powerless over alcohol and my life has become unmanageable. I can't manage my inner thought life. So, now I'm ready to make a decision to turn my will and my life, my thoughts and my actions over to the care of God as I understood Him from the meditation and the prayer and the rightly relating and the being present right now, I am willing to make that decision right now. And my recovery for today starts right now. And so now, I'm going to ask my higher power to help me hear, to help me listen. And we're going to open the meeting up for sharing. You can share about whatever you want. And uh, we do record this meeting and we have it available on a Spotify. Well, it's available on a lot of platforms that do uh, podcasts. Uh, so if you share, it's being recorded unless you tell me to not record it. People have found these recordings very helpful, but if you don't want me to record you, just tell me and I'll stop it.
And if you want to share, you have to raise your hand, your uh, digital hand. So who would like to share? Okay, Ellen. Hi there. I'm Ellen, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I hope the chimes are not overwhelming. Can't hear I'm sitting outside here um, in Windy, New York City. Um, the, my, my meditation today, you know, you always make me laugh because you talk about my mind was thinking about money or cars. Okay. So my two things are, you know, I'm always thinking about work uh, in a very sort of self-centered, fearful way. When you know, when when I, but I mean, really, that's what I think. And and lately, that is dangerous, and that I find myself, you know, kind of going to to solve my restless, irritable, and discontent at times. And I really don't like talking about this, but I'm going to do, because maybe other people will relate and maybe they'll find it helpful. You know, the work thing is, hmm, uh, I think I've gotten over my immense envy of other people, but I'm still dissatisfied about where I am at this point in my career. You know, I should be at the NFL, I should be at the top, and I'm already, like, on the on the way down, like, really fast, <laughs> you know. And I don't, like, I don't like aging. I don't like any of that stuff. And the second part is I have a wonderful and incredible husband, but, but here we are, you know, I'm in my alcoholism, but she, we're not really talking like we used to. It's not really as used to be. And maybe a good idea would be to find a little somebody on the side. You know, I don't want to jeopardize my relationship. I also don't want to lie about it. So it's really a conundrum because, you know, I don't want to do anything wrong, but I'm really not happy. So I feel a little stuck. And this is where I've been going. And Oh, I'm having a thought about work. Oh, I'm having a thought about illicit sex. Okay, you know, let's put those thoughts away. But, you know, they recur. And, um, you know, all I can do is say, what would my higher power think if I were to act on this? Um, or, you know, does power relate to my immense lack of gratitude? <laughs> you know, and, and that does uh, settle me down and allow me to be right sides. Uh, and so, you know, that's just what I wanted to share today. And I, I don't necessarily have a solution except to restart, right? As you said, I can shift my thought. I can take an action, you know, which might be a meeting, which might be a phone call, you know, which might be a meditation. And we're very lucky to have these tools. I don't know what other people do. Um, and we have this lovely meeting. So thanks. Thank you all for letting me share. Thanks, Ellen. Shakith. Hey. Hey, Randy. Hey. Uh, hi, my name is Shakith. I'm an, uh, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Shakith. And uh, thank you for your share. Um, you know, I, uh, 
I can re- I can relate to, uh, to you know be willing to term myself a drunk, but not to not to want to tell you that I'm a mental that I'm mentally ill because uh, I want to blame I want to blame you for the lack of my mental performance because I'm not much but I'm all I think about and everything that's happening is somehow happening to me and you know it's not going to turn out okay based on me talking to my own self about it and the thing is that it hits me so hard that sometimes the best I can do is the best I can do you know whenever it happens and it comes out of nowhere and it doesn't mean that I live like that all the time but sometimes uh, you know untreated alcoholism comes out of nowhere and I and yeah I do say something to somebody or if I don't but the good thing about that is that it's over now and today I can I can be right where I'm at right here right now you know to be at a complete defeat with this power to be able to share with it how I didn't like doing that and how I can I can move forward without having to to be uh, in that place anymore talking to myself about it over and over how I've done something and how I feel bad about doing it what I'm saying is that I can be right here right now and that's in the past and I can learn from that by rightly relating myself to this power, maybe needing to talk to somebody else, but I can move forward without having to uh, constantly relive the pain of uh, making a mistake. And um, being present with this power shows me something that I could never do about myself. And, you know, being, I can't play God and try to uh, to get this uh, this peace that I, you know, I can't create this uh, sound mind on my own power. I can't get a different reaction. So, and having to put down all my weapons and, 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 to, and, to, and to back up and say, hey, you know, this is what's going on and rightly relate myself to this power. It shows me something that I couldn't even fathom for myself, which is a little bit of peace that I never had, that I, that I keep uh, wanting to go for. Mm. Uh, thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Shakib. Good to see you. Jefferson. Hello. I'm Jefferson. Sorry, I had a frog in my throat. I'm Jefferson. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic and addict. And um, it's so good to be tuned in today. And, um, you know, I'm sat upright. I followed the kind of, you know, uh, uh, I left my camera on during the meditation. I didn't get distracted and get it on my phone. And, you know, this is the tonic. I really need this meeting. Um, I feel so much better than before when I, before I tuned in. And your message in this group has been so helpful to me in my recovery. Like, it just gives me a deeper insight into what I'm up against. And the clarity of the message is so helpful because it can get muddy out there in different meetings and in different interpretations of the literature in different groups so the absolute clarity is something that i love to come here for because it just it just gives me a very strong base from which to not start negotiating you know not using the alcoholism to negotiate with the alcoholism mm. like you talked about and uh, so thank you i just want to express gratitude i'm having 
a really, really good day today, mm. and um, I'm very grateful. And I know it's down to this. You know, the external stuff hasn't changed for me much in the last um, few months, but internally, a lot's changed. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Uh, I, one thing I want to say is that I really noticed that the disease is on me in the morning. Mm-hmm. The minute I get up, it's on me, mm-hmm. and it's strongest in the morning. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get on it, it's like commutative. It just accelerates during the day. So then the sorting gets harder. It gets mm-hmm. harder to turn. It gets harder to sort. It gets harder to stop. Mm-hmm. It just speeds up. And you know, then I have to run to a meeting or call somebody and share. And it's like it just comes out. But it's um, if I can do that meditation first thing, and then the prayer, and maybe you know a few things that I need to do, like step eleven or something, then the day just gets so much. It's like a it it, it just puts it in place before it gets a chance to <clears throat> get a hold on me. If you like, I want to be on the right side of the observer. <clears throat> That's something that I've noticed. But I just did this. Um, five-day retreat where I came off um, it was like a fast and I came off sugar and caffeine and um, I'm now 10 days off sugar and caffeine and it's helped my sleep a lot Um, now I did it with a group I did it under supervision I did it with a lot of tapering towards that so you know I wouldn't recommend it to anybody to do it solo Um, but I feel I'm getting the best sleep I've had for a long time. And I really think it's down to that. Because these substances, if we know, super addictive. And I was abusing them, misusing them to fix me. Um, and um, I'm grateful that I've kind of, kind of recalibrate my relationship to those things. I'm not going to say I'm going to be caffeine-free or sugar-free entirely forever. So. I don't know, the way I feel about it right now is like it's a day at a time and like while it, I don't need it, I don't feel I want it, I feel better without it, mm. then um, I'm going to keep it out of my diet. So um, that's where I am, full of gratitude and thank you and thanks for this meeting and for your service, Randy, and I'll leave it there. Thanks, Jefferson. Phyllis. Randy. Hi, Phyllis. <laughs> You know, I was just triggered by the simple sentence that you said. You can't treat your alcoholism by putting down, by just not drinking. Mm. It's just not treatable. And, and it's so, I have an unsatisfiable mind, I guess, when I go to other meetings. I'm just, I realized it just right now. Because by telling stories all the time about the past, the past, how it was, what we were like, the the whole thing doesn't treat my disease in the moment that I'm in. It just doesn't. And it's very difficult to really get that across to people that have thought that if I just go to meetings, if I just go to meetings and I don't drink, I'm okay. It's not in my experience. It's just not in my experience. And I can only speak to my experience. 
my experience is that I don't get out of bed in the morning before I say not only my prayers, but I realize I admit defeat. Mm. By not getting out of bed, because once I do get out of bed, I'm in some mechanical, habitual way of doing, mm. thinking, being, all of that. I gotta go. You know what I mean? I'm on. <laughs> so, slowing it down for me is really important. Um, I, I want to speak a little to time and timelessness. Um, I've been a little, not a little, when I say a little, I mean all the time. <laughs> there's no such a little, there's no such a little. There is no little. <laughs> there's no little. Um, I've been thinking about not being able to worm my way out of the body dying. I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I'm thinking maybe because I'm coming up on an anniversary and a birthday and all of that stuff, which doesn't mean that much anyway, but it seems to have some meaning right now. So, um, if you have some feedback on anything that can soothe this impatience to, to, I guess I have to bring it to God, that's all, and let God guide me. I, I don't even, I don't know what the question is, because I'll try to figure it out, or I'll have you try to figure it out. And yeah. um, it's just been, um, it's just come to my awareness, I can't wear my way out of this one. Mm -hmm. My alcoholism is really strong in this thing. It wants to learn. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's all I really have to say. I just wanted to bring it up to you. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Phyllis. Uh, I think the answer to that question is, this is the best moment there ever was. This one that's happening right now. Doesn't matter. This is the best one. I better be present and I better be enjoying it. Or at least be present for it. It doesn't, not every moment is a, an enjoyable moment. People die, people get sick, people come, people go. I lose money, I get money, but I could be at peace this moment, no matter what's happening. And be present this moment and be experiencing the joy of life, the, the, the gift of life. Uh, and then when it's gone, it'll be gone. And it could happen to any one of us today. So you might as well enjoy this moment right now. Scott? Not you, me. <laughs> I would like to enjoy it too. Frank. You too, Scott. You better be enjoying this moment right now. Oh my God. What a segue. What a segue. First, Scott definitely an alcoholic. Nice I'll drink to that. Oh my God. Out of my mind. Oh, Phyllis, what an incredible question. And uh, I also ponder the same thing. Being a couple airplane incidents and accidents, it definitely was on the front of my mind. Um, and I would absolutely have to echo exactly what Randy said, but go one step further. As alcoholics, I think we are really, really blessed. Because in my opinion, this is 
the new version of the Bible. Um, and if it's if life is as good as we're experiencing now, could you imagine being in God's presence all the time, i.e. no longer being on earth? Wow. You know, we don't have the ability to even imagine that. Let me bring it back home. Um, and I think this is part of the answer also, Phyllis, is we have to stop playing God. And that is my second biggest challenge, is stop playing God. And I'm in the middle of exactly that. My mother's 90 years old, and I hate to say it, two different hospitals, they basically evict her when the insurance no longer covers the payments. And they sure as hell aren't gracious about it. They're, it's basically, come get your mother. She's released tomorrow, whether you'd like it or not. I mean, for being a compassionate, um, supposedly compassionate business, they sure don't show it. So, um, and I have realized my handicaps and my personal physical issues that runaway anxiety cripples me. Um, in trade shows, the anxiety affected me. I have the ability to talk. I could not talk. And it also is created transient global amnesia three times yeah. like point point zero zero two percent of people get it once where for a whole weekend I cannot remember a darn thing so I'm learning my physical restrictions and dealing with my mother I could feel that I couldn't talk and I knew I had to step aside. And I said some prayers and get out of the equation. Just make it known what your issues are. And hopefully the response is what you're wanting. But uh, always great to see everyone. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Scott. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, I'm Bunny. I have alcoholism. Hi, Bunny. Thanks, Randy, for your talk. Um, I'm not glad that you were having a hard time today, but <laughs> well, when other people share that their minds are activated, then um, something happens where I I go oh, okay, like because my mind tells me I'm the worst. I'm the worst one. I'm the worst one and mine's worse than yours and I'm the only sick one and I'm doing it wrong. I'm always doing it wrong. I don't hold enough meetings. I don't sponsor enough people. I don't turn properly. I don't, I don't have a big enough conception of God. I haven't read the big book enough. I don't call, you know, so it uses it. My, my, my alcoholism uses recovery to beat me up too. And so listening to the meeting, it just occurred to me, and I've been to an in-person meeting already this morning. Like, I I'm under attack, in case you're not aware. I'm under attack today. And um, 
I went to an in-person meeting already this morning, and now I'm here with you guys. And it occurred to me that this is how I do step two. In my brain, step two is um, believe in God and ask God to remove it, remove the like self-talking, and then focus on how it's not working. So, and that's what I do. So I'm having chitter chatter in my mind, and it's telling me it's all over the place. Just, but BS, 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 and and so and I'm then I'm going well. It, I'm also self-talking about the tools you're giving me in this meeting. It, I'm, it's saying to me, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. You've prayed 3,000 times and asked God to remove it. And see, you're still self-talking. It's not working. And then it occurred to me that it's like, all I'm doing is focusing on how I don't believe that a power greater than myself is going to restore me to sanity. And I was like, oh, oh. Okay, cool. So what I'm going to imagine is, because step two doesn't say came to believe in God. That's not what it says. It's, it's actually telling me to believe that God is going to restore me to sanity. But my alcoholism doesn't want me to know that. It doesn't, it can't even read those words. I have read step two up until this time for 11 years as came to believe in God. And ask God to remove any pain that you have. And then focus on how it actually doesn't work because there really is no God because that's ridiculous. That's what my mind says to me. And so then I say, well, I don't even know what these people are talking about. Like, it's not even working. I've been self-talking for five hours. And I'm in so much pain. I wish I could have medication. I wish there was something I could take. And Mm -hmm. that's how it starts. Mm -hmm. I used to do that. I Mm -hmm. used to take medication for this. It's called Mm -hmm. wine. Mm Mm-hmm. White wine, spritzer, mm-hmm. not spritzers. I never drank a spritzer in my life. But anyways, just so I, it just occurred to me that if I imagined what would it feel like if God was restoring me to sanity in this moment, and like it started to lift, it started to lift because I'm believing that a higher power is removing this from me, not focusing on how there is no God and it's not working. <laughs> That's not step two. In case you didn't know, I just realized that's not what step two is. But that's how powerful the disease of alcoholism is in me today, is that it can't even read the words of the solution. Here's this like simple thing. Can't read it. Can't hear it. Um, so anyway, that just felt really nice to be able to go, oh, okay. So God cracked in enough for me to be um, restored to sanity. It actually did work. So I'm going to go back to doing that now. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. Matt? Thanks, Randy. That alcoholic. Hi, Matt. Man, what a meeting. Um, thank you for your honesty. It's a uh, I believe that's a spiritual application, you know, and, and uh, I, I find when I'm having issues, I can, I just tell the truth so I'm back on the beam, you know, it always leads me in the right direction, and man, as soon as I closed my eyes, my mind was like, hello, 
Mm. I've been, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> now I've got you all by myself. Mm-hmm. And and it it just like hit the distortion pedal, you know, like in a rock concert. And it was just like going one after another. And then the the way it talked to me was you're wasting your time. You're never going to make it the whole 20 minutes. Even though I've made it 20 minutes every single time and the times that I've done it, it's it's like you just cut bait and run. And But what, what I notice is it talks to me like in second person. It says, you aren't going to make it. And I said, wait a minute. I, I'm not saying I. Not, I'm not saying I'm not going to make it. So I was like, maybe, maybe my disease is not me, you know. And then I started to get some separation, and I was actually, you know, observing the thoughts. And and then I know my disease doesn't like it because it gets smaller immediately. It's like putting a hot, burning hot compress on something that's growing on your face. It shrinks immediately. And then and then I started to realize that. The situations that I imagine, this is the imagery I was getting. I was getting like this, this every situation I imagine has got a black tar cloud that's sticky. It's like sticky and it's attractive and it's magnetic. And I, I, I imagine the situation at work and I imagine that cloud in the corner of the room and I gravitate to it and it's all bad. It's all bad. It just... It shows me every nightmare that could possibly happen, and and like Shakib was saying, it ain't gonna go right, and I'm not gonna make it. And anything I look at, it immediately catastrophizes everything, and it's doom and gloom. Um, and I imagined, I, I I I imagine that being removed or taken away, and so I say, oh great. I'll just take that black cloud and I'll put it over here. And I still wasn't feeling right. I'm like, where is this thing? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to learn what I'm up against here. And this disease, this is what I learned, it'll meditate along right with me. I said, fine, I'll be, I'll be silent and compliant. And, and I looked for it and it was like sitting in the corner like a cute little dog saying, I'm not doing nothing. But I noticed it. And I and I noticed it's got a stink to it. There's no God in there. It, I mean, God's in there eventually, but I have to peel it away. And, and so I learned something about my disease of how it will, it will do what I'm doing. It's listening right now, right? <laughs> and and it, it learns things and it's recuperative. And it is so sneaky, and I and it was it was a really a wake up call. So no, my my meditation it wasn't that fun. I got I've had some really great meditations, but this might have been the best one because I said this is now now this is what I'm talking about. This is new new perspective, right? This is this is new awareness, and then and then I started to wonder. What if, what if the promises are really true, you know? And I start to imagine that, 
what if I really will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle me? And it was such a magnificent thought. And then when you were when you were doing the third step prayer and I was imagining God, I didn't like what I was imagining. This it was kind of like a like a uh, a God that wasn't approachable. And it, you know, it was just like me. You know, very emotionally un- unavailable and and I kind of dismissed it because I didn't I didn't feel comfortable praying to it. I didn't feel connected to it. And then and then and then I got a glimpse of something that wasn't it was just a surprise. It was like this <laughs> glow in the dark Kleenex almost. And it gave me a lot of peace and I only glimpsed that sucker for like a second. You know, but it was new. It was new. It wasn't it wasn't the God of yesterday. It wasn't the God of last week. And and so I guess what this meditation taught me is that I need to refresh every day my my conception and my relationship with this higher power. Because mm-hmm. this disease is on the run mm-hmm. constantly. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. All right. Paul. Hi, Paul. Paul, alcoholic with alcoholism. Hi, Paul. Hi, thank you. You know, I, I was sitting and realizing I really have to share because, for me, because when I, if I, if something is seen and I don't share it, it goes away. But sharing it seems to be like an affirmation, uh, hearing myself say it, and in a way maybe holds me accountable a little bit for living by what's been seen instead of just letting it go by because I've told you all I've already seen this so I can't do that again you know that sort of thing um, as other people have spoken about when you mentioned that um, you cannot use your alcoholism, alcoholic thinking alcoholism to solve alcoholism reminded me of something that supposedly Einstein said that people may be familiar with. Um, He said, the thinking that created the problem can't be the same thinking that finds the solution. And he, you know, he wasn't talking about the ism at all as we know it, but it's just a plain fact that that part of mind, that, that function or whatever you want to call that creates these problems is incapable of, of solving them. It has to go outside of that. And for us, outside of that is outside of self. It's outside of the whole system because we as alcoholics are so wrapped up in our ism that we think that's who we are. I think that's who I am much of the time. I just start thinking about, you know, I tend to I always give my, have given myself a lot of credit to think that I can think my way out of anything and also think my way into anything. That thinking, you know, is, is the all-powerful thing. And when I was, you know, when I heard myself think that to myself, I thought, if I, you know, if I had to pump my blood through my body, if I had to be conscious of that, do it or any of the other body functions. I couldn't do it. Why do I think that what goes on in the mind is something that I can do or not do? You know, it's just another function of the body in a sense. And 
I have to surrender it, just like I surrender my my pulse and my digestion and my blood pressure and all of that. Now there are things I can do to improve all of those things, but I can't do them. And um, it's it's really as I go along, I, I come to see more and more. It's really about the not doing. It's really about the not doing anything. Uh, it doesn't mean sit by idly and when 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 the, the universe or the higher my higher power provides information or inspiration that I don't act on it. I don't mean not doing anything in that sense. I mean not trying to initiate action or follow action. Uh, it's just, and it's a much more, uh, take it from me, <laughs> take it from me, it's a much more peaceful way to exist, I'm finding. Uh, I can't force what's happening in my life around me or change it. All I can do is follow and follow the events. And, uh, and I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for so much for this meeting. I, I want to just say congratulations to everyone here today who's made it to this meeting. It's a, I think it's a big deal for, for, for me and for all of us. And they're all very helpful to me. So thank you. Thanks, Paul. So I'm going to remind you, <clears throat> when you wake up first thing in the morning, the best possible treatment for my disease when I wake up first thing in the morning is to read pages 60 to 63 in the first person. Because that is an ego deflating pro... It, it just works every day because I don't want to do it every day because I just want to think about how much money I can make today and jump in the shower and get busy doing because I think if I have more money then I'm going to be happy and if I'll sit and I'll read 60 to 63 in the first person there's a recording chance recording in progress who did that recording stopped <laughs> okay uh okay uh that is for me that is the beginning of my program and I know we've talked about it before and some of you did it for a while and I'm pretty sure most of you aren't doing it today so I would encourage you to start again. Start on page at being convinced I am at step three to the third step prayer. Read that every morning in the first person in the I and uh, watch your life start. Watch your program get started first thing in the morning. That starts it. Just the act of reading it is a surrender, is a complete defeat because what are we, morons? Do I really need to read this every single morning? That's what my disease says every morning. It says, are you a moron? You've read this for 30 years. What the hell are you going to do? What are you going to see? But every time I do it, when I get to the end, I see something else. I see deeper. I have to have God's help. That is in. That is a sentence in 60 to 63. If I just see that one sentence, I might have a chance today. Anyway, I appreciate you all so much. Uh, you guys are awesome. And, uh, I, and I appreciate that you came and meditated with me. Because if you weren't here, I probably would not have meditated today. I would have done something else. And I believe that God disciplines me by allowing me to be at this meeting every Wednesday. 
and I'm here because my life depends on it, not yours. I'm not here. I love you, and I hope that you get something out of this, but I am not here for you. I am here because my disease needs to be treated daily, just like yours. So with that, we'll take a moment of silence. I'll make it so you can all unmute yourselves when we're done, and then we'll do the serenity prayer together. Okay, if you'd like to, you can unmute yourself. And God, God, God grant me God, this right. To accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Randy. Great to see you all. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. As always. Yes. Yay. As always. As always. Phil, I'm doing the countdown. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Yes. Do you have the name, the number of the guy who was saying he did the treat for five days, uh, sugar and the coffee? I just did it too, but I did it with my daughter and my son-in-law and my sister at home. He's in London. Oh, he's not here. Okay. Uh, come back Saturday. Okay, I will. Thank you. Okay. See you all. But I lost 15 pounds with it. Awesome. Randy. Yeah, I've had that 50 more. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. See ya. Randy, have you had to deal with older parents? Uh, no. <clears throat> I've learned an awful lot. So if you get to that position, give me a call. My parents and my wife's parents have both.